Hey everyone, I'm Brian. And I'm Slippy. And this is Snorkeling with Narwhals. Brian and Slippy are back again. It's been almost two and a half months, but they're back again. And they're recording another show. It's been a while. I don't know any more words. Anyway, I told you to be ready for that, so... I was hoping for a rap, honestly. Oh, well, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not that talented. N- um, not yet. Not yet. Next, maybe next episode. Next episode when we have our rap battle with Robert Turek. Ooh, you're gonna tease at the front. No, I mean we're we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get a guest for next episode. We've been trying to work something out with him for a while, but we're actually recording on the second of July. Uh, it is a holiday weekend. This episode will come out on the holiday weekend, perhaps on the holiday if we want to get those those listens, um, perhaps on the Sunday. I haven't decided yet because I live my life 10 seconds at a time like Vin Diesel in The Fast and the Furious. Um, I'm sure that that's the similarities extend beyond that as well. Is it 10 seconds or 12 seconds? uh it, it's 10 seconds because that's a that's the quarter mile run okay time yeah or no it's it's a quarter mile at a time that's what he said quarter mile at a time yeah well 10 seconds quarter mile it all evens out in the end also uh watch the eighth fast and furious it's incredible i haven't seen it oh my gosh it's incredible it's so ridiculous they fight a submarine oh my gosh yeah it's uh it's over the top, but not over the top in a, the way that the ninth one was, where they went to space. Well, Spoiler they, fight alert. A, they fight a tank all the way back in like the what was it? The sixth. I think it's one? the sixth one. Yeah, yeah. It's where they it's fight like, Luke Evans. Whenever they did that, I mean, it's at that point you're like, the sky's the limit, and and now the sky is not the limit. The sky's <laughs> they, not the limit. The atmosphere is not the limit. Right. Um. Also, the best part is that the people that helped them get to space in the ninth one were the people from Tokyo Drift, which has absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> with space. the rest of the series either. or with the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. Um, great series. Well, not a great series. It's a fun series. The first couple you're like, all right, like heist driving movies. They're fun. They're definitely from the, the early 2000s. Uh, then they start to get a little more over the top. And then they just get so ridiculous where you're like, this is amazing. And then we'll see if this 10th one that's going to be coming out can kind of get back because the ninth one was not very good. I didn't think. Um, so I don't think I don't think this is entirely off theme with Fourth of July. You know, they're they are. I was shocked whenever I first found out that this series is one of the more like one of the highest grossing, if not the highest grossing series, unless you count like the whole of the Avengers um movies in it like of all time it's they make high a ton of money they do um and it's it's shocking to me because to me they're not that good i didn't know there were that many fans of the movies like i you know i loosely kept up with fast and furious but i wasn't mm. like i'm not an avid fan i don't go to the theaters to see them uh but they're so i think what it is is they're so ridiculous almost like the expendables mm-hmm. um and there is some crossover there uh you know there is some jason statham there is um you know it's it's so american basically it is it's like it's the stereotypical when you think like america yeah but movie stars guns you know the whole the whole cars cars yeah Yeah, like what else could you want uh 
they're they're fun though. I think that's what drew me to them was that I well I saw Hobbs and Shaw the spinoff with uh, the Rock and Jason Statham, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, this movie is so over the top. And I was like, well, let's watch. I think I just one day like it was on sale on Amazon, and you know I do this. You do. You collect. I collect. So it was like eight movie collection. I was like, uh, yes, please. So that's how I got into the Fast and Furious. And I think over the past, I think the like a year ago, I watched uh, the first eight because I never I'd seen like the first one in a cabin, like on vacation. And when I was like nine years old, I remembered almost nothing about it. Um, but yeah, we weren't even supposed to start this episode talking about the Fast and the Furious <laughs> no. movie Look talk. How quickly that's, we, we that's point number four. But anyway, I guess the point of Fast and the Furious is happy 4th of July, America. That's right. And, you know, I would also just like to take this time to celebrate our victory over the aliens that came to invade in 1996. Uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum defeated them, along with Bill Pullman and Randy Quaid. Never forget. Never forget. It was a great time. Great time to be alive. Will Smith uh, smacked them all the way back to, <laughs> back to they space. Yeah. Did you ever see the second one, though? No, I didn't. You probably I, I'm sure shouldn't. it's not worth it. Yeah. It's, so it's cool because it has Jeff Goldblum in it and it has Bill Pullman at a time when like they weren't really leading men anymore because it came out in 2016. I mean, it was kind of in the middle of the Jeff Goldblum renaissance because he's kind of everywhere now. Uh, but Bill yeah. Pullman, you're like, you're not really leading movies anymore. And they try to have, like, Liam Hemsworth in it, who's always cool. Um, yeah. And they, ha- you know, there's, like, the son of Will Smith's character, but they didn't have Will Smith. And you're like, well, this movie's think- acceptable. I saw it at a drive-in along with The Secret Life of Pets, and it was acceptable. Oh, we've never talked about drive-ins. What a great experience. You know, I- I've it's, been to it's them usually twice. Inex- inexpensive. You can see two, sometimes three movies if you're, like, at a crazy one. Yeah, where they, where they air into the into the morning, um, yeah, and the environment is is not like anywhere else, and it it may, I'll I'll punch a theory out there that I have no research behind. I would guess this is also on theme. I think it's very American. Yeah, I bet I bet they don't have drive-in theaters in Russia. <laughs> we were talking about russia pre-show uh i didn't know it was gonna make it into the show but (laughs) i don't know i'm sure they've got drive-ins elsewhere i mean yeah maybe i I know cinema is so big here anyway i i just assume that like the strange nuanced iterations of of theaters and and viewing movies is probably more exclusive to the states than it is other countries but hey i don't know I mean, with all the research we do on this show, he said sarcastically, we should have figured that out by now. But turns out if you go to the Wikipedia page, it's like (laughs) invented in, you know, Poland. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They they don't even have regular movie theaters there. They're all drive-ins. They're like, what do you mean drive-in? Like, that's that's just what we do. Poland, Canada. What do you mean you don't have to bring your own seat? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's like here in America, like we drive up to our movies. Like, well, sometimes. Right. Um, I've only been to two drive-ins, mm-hmm. but one, and they were decent experiences. 
one, I was trying to hit on someone and like it, you know, that whole experience didn't end up working. I'll tell you who later. You, Slippy, not not the audience. They not don't need the to world. know that. Yeah. Um, Dates are that way. Well, it wasn't it wasn't for a date. It was like a group thing, but they happened to be there. Oh, there you go. And I remember I brought them, uh, we stopped at a gas station beforehand and I I bought a Code Red and a Voltage because, you know, I love my Mountain Dew. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I gave them the Code Red because I couldn't give up the Voltage. But (laughs) if I had given up the Voltage. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe edit that out. (laughs) No, that's, you know how I feel about editing. That's staying in the episode. (laughs) I gave them the legitimate bottle of Code Red to drink. We'll say that um, as like a, an offering like, hey, I'm interested in you. Um, Again, didn't end up working out. But the moral of this story as you know, we we didn't even make it You know, in our notes. We have notes. It says Fourth of July very briefly. Yeah. And yeah, we're probably and we're... on minute like 10 of Fast and the Furious drive-ins and Mountain Dew-based innuendos. But, um... It's been a little bit, though, so we, we have no, some... It's been, uh, some... Well, it's been like, I think Easter was the last time an episode came out, so I guess we only release on major holidays, but right. we, we missed a couple. I had, um, a, I had a trip in there, you know, we've, we've been... We've been all over the map as far as scheduling goes. Yeah, we'll get a little into why we've been out. But um, real quick, I will just say never go to a drive in when you have to work the next day, because the one near Erie, uh, they don't start till the sun goes down, which in the middle of summer is like nine o'clock. So you don't get out of these movies till like two o'clock. And I remember, I think the one time it was on a Friday and I had to work at seven in the morning washing dishes the next. So it was washing dishes like I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, yeah. I mean, I, I could wash dishes in my sleep, but uh, it was basically like get home at two thirty, go to work at seven. And then the other time I think I had to work cleaning dorms, uh, which does require more than washing dishes. It requires more thought for me. I sucked at cleaning dorms. Shout out to all the housekeepers at Barron. Uh, you were way better than me. I don't know why they thought I was good at it. But um, that one, at least, you know, you'd be cleaning a room alone half the time. So you could just pretend like you were doing stuff. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, never go to a drive in um, when you have to work the next day because it's it loses some of the luster because you're like, oh, my gosh, this movie needs to end. Um, right. You start you start to like when your internal clock hits a certain point, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm in trouble. Yeah. So the <laughs> and, second time I went, it, that was uh, the Secret Life of Pets and Independence Day. The first time I went was Muppets Most Wanted and Maleficent because they also all they tend to show they tend to be family, family friendly, friendly or like yeah. like young teen friendly, like Independence Day is not a kid's movie, but there's really nothing wrong with it. Um. So, yeah drive-ins fast and the furious independence day america America. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no but so it has been what about two and a half months since we recorded an episode uh you took a trip sure did to europe cross the ocean for the first time yeah i've never done that well no i've i've been out of the country uh a number of times to canada 
but you know, like most people, most people don't really consider this international. Uh, but yeah, we went to Italy and, um, obviously had a blast. Uh, it was great trip. Interesting to see Europe kind of, you know, just one country, but still, um, yeah, very, uh, I guess educational for me to see the world. Yeah. Um, I also got COVID there. Yeah. You got COVID there. And then I think right after, or like a little after there, I didn't get it, but, uh, there was COVID in my household. Um, which then, I mean, like everyone is fine. So like, I don't want to get into their privacy, but, um, it kind of sent my OCD off. Um, so there have been things that I've been avoiding that maybe I could have like, you know, touched them. I'm still avoiding a certain area that I just, you know, I don't want to touch it. Um, central. It's probably like, it's, it's been a month since the whole situation went down. So it's more than likely fine. But, Mm -hmm. and like, if I don't know, I'm a little hesitant. So, um, yeah, there's just that. But so that has comprised about two months, your trip. And then my whole situation, um, you know, with, with COVID in the house and me getting back to normal, like, not being afraid of my house um which again some of it you know could be performative some of it could be like there's legit like you know i i'm one of those people where it's like oh look at me i have ocd um but i also do have ocd (laughs) right yeah um so it's a it's it's a combo of things but uh we actually do have a topic a couple topics for today's show sure do i don't even know what minute we're on uh, uh we're probably 20 minutes it's in, like 15 right? to 20 minutes yeah. we'll see how that comes out in the actual like you're listening and they're like huh they said they were at 20 minutes they're only at 15 like just shuts it off immediately <laughs> but we are going to talk about other probably more successful content creators uh in some of our favorite youtubers so slippy would you like to get started uh absolutely um so i I didn't realize this, but I, on my YouTube, I have 80, I'm subscribed to 80 different oh channels. Gosh. Or I'm 81. subscribed to like maybe 10, and I don't even like view half of them. Well, I, you know, I can't, obviously you can't keep up with 81. It's just like at some point, and I probably need to clean it up, you know, at some point I just click the subscribe button, you know, I was like loosely interested in their music or, you know, their well, take on something. I learned, too, that I don't know if they still do it, but at one point YouTube was doing where if you watched like enough videos from someone, they they just subscribed you automatically. Automatically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So YouTube has has changed over the years um, in that way. You know, like now YouTubers like the big thing is like like subscribe, you know, Mm -hmm. hit the notification button, blah, blah, blah. That's the big Uh, one now. The notification button. Yeah, I think apparently, well, I mean, the statistics show, like, if you if you get the notification, you typically will click on it, because that mm-hmm. means it goes away. And if you click yeah. on it, then they get a view. Yep. And most of these guys make their money on views and advertising, and, you know, it's just that cycle. Everyone knows it. Um, but yeah, so 81, 
uh, I'm subscribed to you. I just happen to be scrolling through the list here and I see Brian mm-hmm. McKay's. You're, uh, so I was like, I was like not snorkeling with narwhals. You're actually subscribed to Brian McKay. Sure am. Uh, click on that. Are there any videos? There might be one. I don't know. There is. There's something called testing, testing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought yep. that might, or that or uh, Brian's just guessing. There were a couple of times I tried to plan doing a YouTube channel. Uh, I had lofty goals, apparently. Um, and I did not follow through with them. So, well, but, it's a, it's a fun platform, you know. It's I have I have my own like channel, I guess, and I uploaded a couple of silly things. But it's it's always like I'm gonna be the one who comes up with a unique bit of content, right? Right. That's the it's, idea. It's like my idea is is uniquely mine. And it's then, like you know we you have know, it's YouTube, like we have snorkeling with narwhals. It's like well we're already like copying how many people, mm-hmm. um. Well, how many have that name, though? Oh, none. When you look up snorkeling with narwhals, you actually find, like, trips to snorkel with narwhals and, like, swim with them. Are you serious? This is an event? You could do this? I think, unless I'm making it up. Swimming with them, at least. I don't think you can snorkel with them. I don't I know. Would be, I would actually be quite scared to do that. We're not going to Google it and leave it up to the imagination. Well, yeah. it would be scary to snorkel with a narwhal because what if they stabbed you? Right, they have giant spears. I mean, on that's their how faces. I'd want to go, but like, yeah, I was, I would think ready. that that's on your bucket list. Get speared by a narwhal. Well, that's that's the end. That's at the bottom of the bucket. That's when you kick it. If I had to die, it would be getting speared by a narwhal or getting getting beaten by a giraffe. You know how giraffes will like fight each other and they'll hit each other with their necks. They also kick. Uh, you're more at like the kicking level. Yeah, probably. but I'd I'd rather get like beaten by a giraffe's neck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I cut you off at one point just like while you were talking and sent us down that road. Oh no so. no no yeah so so Brian is is one of the channels. Um, but yeah, I the the overall makeup I think I sort of mentioned is is mostly music related. So okay. You know, like if I'm just scrolling through, it's various YouTube cover artists. Uh, like Boyce Avenue has been yes, Boyce Avenue. Longest, I was gonna ask longest you longest running ones. Yeah, Chase Eagleson. You know, there's there's a few in here that are just uh, just like that. And really, the content like Boyce Avenue. I remember I was subscribed to them. I'll be a little hipster about it. You know, mm-hmm. like ten years ago. Yeah, and um, YouTube made them. And then I actually saw them in concert. Are um, they good? They were good. Yeah. They sound just like their videos, though. That's yeah. what's funny about it. And I, whenever I see somebody live, I kind of want them to be a little less of the recording noise. People are different on this. So some people want to go and they're like, I want the music to sound exactly like it does on the radio. And I'm like, if it's that way, I wouldn't go to the concert. I'd just turn on yeah. the stream. But um. I think there's a fine line because I think I'm more along those lines where I would yeah. rather they sound like they sound on their CD because that tells me then that either they're lip syncing or which I I doubt, but or no, that they weren't, yeah, or that they're actually that good. Um, yeah. I do remember. I don't know if you went to this. Did you go to the Toby Mac concert at? No, I've never seen him. I, I'm sure he was good. 
He was good, but it was one of those festival type lineups. Actually, NF was there, which was it was like before he was like really famous. Known. Yeah. Um, but they they spent like every act before Toby Mac trying to get the sound right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. So the sound sounds like for, us. The, yeah, the sound for it's like they're like, oh my gosh, we got to get the headliner right at least and the speaker. But it was like for the for some of the bands, it's like you couldn't really hear what was going on. And that's the other side of like, you don't want it to sound like a bootleg. Um, no. Reliant K released a couple. Actually, these were on vinyl. They since released them on digital, which makes me kind of mad because I have them on vinyl and recorded them to digital of of like live recordings. And um they they kind of sound like people have even commented like they sound like bootlegs like they sound oh, really? like there was someone in the back like recording it uh editing. they yeah they don't live sound editing. yeah like they don't sound like a real live recording or you, you know how like if if a van releases a live recording like it's prepared differently i would assume like i think so yeah i i mean there's you know, it kind of depends on what you're doing there. But um, like Jack White is famous for and he's a he's a a person who I did see live and um, does sound different than his recordings because he intentionally like puts things into uh, his live music that is That's not cool. not normal. But yeah, he's famous for like um, recording live onto vinyl like they press it while they're playing yeah um which is insane that is because insane. i love it like you have to get it right and the little mistakes are in there yeah um so yeah he's he's sort of famous for that but so that's like the you know of course it's like the purest artistic form right we're we're like so good that we can do it that way they claim um, i've they, listened they to say. vinyls i don't know yeah and you know that's the way it used to be done really that's what it is is he's uh insult my uh my favorite musician he's a luddite <laughs> yeah okay sticking with the you know like the 1920s and the way you, you just see things. someone in the back with like the record player where you had to like crank it like all right i'm listening <laughs> yeah. to this this album but so jack white that's that's interesting i think the i guess i should have pulled up mine too um but i think i follow the digital age on youtube which is the opposite of a uh, an artist who like they embraced they were a christian band an offshoot of the david crowder band um mm-hmm. that they used a lot of technology in their stuff like they they use like the drum i don't know if you did you listen to them i think yeah so i think that the digital age my quick take on them is their early stuff whenever they were basically covering crowder was really good um i enjoyed it for a time and mm-hmm. then I, I I just like got tired of it because it's the same sound over and over again. See, I I I loved them. I actually, I did the opposite. Like their first rehearsals EP, I was like, eh, it's fine. You know, it's got a couple nice songs on it. Their CD mm-hmm. Evening Morning is great, though. Um, I don't think I've listened to that. That they do a cover of, and here we're we're showing off our Christian roots. <laughs> Everyone's probably like, "Who is the digital age, and why?" Right. What is the, what is this artist? <laughs> why um, are we not talking about Coldplay? <laughs> right. Um, but they do a cover of "All the Poor and Powerless," which was really good. Hmm. Um, done by All Sons and Daughters, which for those who don't know us, they, I have no respect for. 
that is a Christian. It, there's a duo. It's kind of like a folk duo. And we once played almost an entire CD of theirs in college on the radio. Um, we were like, it was so rough that and no, because they're very talented and they're very good songwriters. Like they're good. You just can't listen to a whole CD at once. And we're it's the only time in that show because I had a show where I would play a full CD. It was the only time that we were like, do you think anyone will notice if we don't play the last song? And we just kind of didn't play the last song because we couldn't bear it anymore. It's like, you know, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's there to hear it. <laughs> yeah, does it I make mean, a noise? It, if all sons and daughters <laughs> release a, an album with ten songs on it, does anybody know if the, people the look at the like, Wait a minute, there's an eleventh <laughs> track. <laughs> it, it turns out that eight of the tracks are are just blank. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just actually only recorded the first two. <laughs> Sorry to roast them. Uh, I know one of them has. I think they're both solo now. Um, I have not checked out their music, so I cannot. I cannot say what they're like. Um, and I don't want to like disrespect a Christian artist who's trying to do their thing and spread their message, but personally, like the music was not great. Um right. like object you know, subjectively, I guess. Subjectively, like listening to them is not that pleasant of an experience. Well, but that's kind of like Christian music for even still, but for generations was really mostly trash from like a, a musical standpoint. The production in, like, the 90s was really bad. Really, really bad, right? Like, Uh, There were some people who still listened to it because, like, it's meaningful in their their lives. But, like, other than that, there's no reason to have listened to it. And now, like, the production quality of it is pretty good across the board. It's getting better, at least. Yeah, it's like, like, I I mean, I still, I I listen to kind of more of a mix than I used to. But um, I know you want to tell people, it's like, you know... It's not, don't think of just, like, the generic old music that you th- you think of, um, which is why Clark. I liked the digital age, because they were actually, like, they have a video on YouTube, um, the song is Fall Afresh, and one of their members, Mark Waldrop, he goes by Mark the Shark, he follows me on Twitter, we've spoken on Twitter, uh, I'm mm. famous, but, <laughs> but he, in the same song... He's playing a little bit on a keyboard. He's mm-hmm. playing a drum pad, and then he pulls out his guitar and is playing. So, uh, I I like artists like that who like they. I mean, you see exactly what they're doing. There's four of them, and they're all like, you know, some of them have got multiple instruments going, and it's really cool to watch. Um, so yeah, I think that's the only music I follow on youtube or i'm subscribed to which i don't think they're a band anymore so i don't think i'm going to be getting any uh any more info or any more videos from them what i do tend to watch more of is cinema sins Hmm. i don't know how you uh if you follow them or how you are with them i don't i i'm completely unfamiliar you've you've caught me flat-footed okay so what they do and they've been around for about 10 years is it started out more as like nitpick like there i think their first video was everything wrong with the amazing spider-man and it was like three minutes long and they would just notice like inconsistencies between shots like oh hey the clock says it's 11 o'clock and then the next frame the clock says it's like 11 10 like and it's the same scene 
um or like hey there's a lot of sony product placement in this sony movie which they are notorious for but eventually they kind of the videos got longer and like they got to like 10 minutes now i think they're at like 20 minutes but they're very nitpicky and they it's i don't know they they claim that it's like you know kind of tongue-in-cheek criticism but Mm -hmm. it also feels like they're just nitpicking but i like watching them kind of and this is not a ringing endorsement uh, kind of as like background or kind of just like like oh ha that was a funny remark um but they did like they did the fate of the furious to to tie it in like a professional uh to a, the earlier segment and they have a sin counter like each each thing is <laughs> for, a for like movies. each thing is a sin yeah like it's each great. comment is a sin and they break it for the fate of the furious like it's broken and it's just like it's up in the corner glitching out and they're like oh my gosh it's dead because there's just so much that's ridiculous and over the top in that movie that like they couldn't take it anymore um so those are fun that i like those and i like the screen junkies honest trailers videos Uh, i haven't really watched any for a while but yeah screen those are more fun criticism because it's distilled into like a four minute video uh, whereas, you know, the cinema sins go longer. But do you do any movie criticism or movie? No, uh, I was going to say, it's, I'm scrolling through here. I, I, um, there is one called, and maybe you found this, um, Slifer. No, never heard Slifer of it. Slifer 2812. It's a strange channel um, where basically after various series come out, they will do like a, almost like a post-release trailer. Um, with uh-huh. a theme so like they did it for the avengers and it'll be all about let's say iron man right okay and uh it'll be a five minute video and it'll just be shots from the various movies and it'll be around a theme of like um sacrifice let's say okay uh and so it'll be you know tony stark's like sacrifices through all of the films and it'll okay. just be basically that over and over and it's very artfully done um so i recommend that channel for sure it's that's cool it's cool for a variety of interests like i don't watch all of the videos there it's really just for you know the series that i'm interested in but he just did one he or she i guess uh did one for kenobi um Ah. which we'll talk about later yeah we will be talking about obi-wan kenobi um that was pretty good so yeah check that channel out for sure um you can also you know I think I'm subscribed to it. I should be the snorkeling with narwhals YouTube page. Uh, back when the show first started, we actually did like video episodes. Like mm-hmm. it was video and audio. Uh, there's ten of them with with my good buddy Ronnie Cox. Um, he's in most of them. Those were all produced by my friend Eric Brown. Who th- these are both people that I want to have on at some point because they're wonderful humans. Yeah, but. Um, and they both went to Baron, but of course, I'm trying to think if I have. Oh, there's one more that I had that I did want to bring up. <laughs> Do you watch or have you ever heard of Bruce Two Films? No. Okay. No. What is that? So I was originally introduced to him by I think my sister-in-law actually was the one who posted the video because it was about Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. uh, and she likes Pokemon. I think, and I can't remember for sure, but she eventually had to take it 
she took it down because she was a teacher at the time and she didn't want the parents like because this guy swears a lot in his videos um but what he he's like 29 or 30 years old and most of his videos are about growing up in the 90s or just like being an adult now so he's basically our age Mm -hmm. um and they're just really funny videos or like he's had ones about going to blockbuster and he like the the guy found one copy of pokemon stadium uh for the n64 that he was able to rent and his dad just never took it back and blockbuster he's like well you know they eventually collapsed so uh i just got pokemon stadium like forever he's the the reason (laughs) (laughs) but it collapsed because of things like that yeah there's that one there's one about helping people move and how it's literally the worst thing you can do he's like he, he talks about a billiard table it's like if you ever want a billiard table uh Put the billiard table there, build the house, and then you're good. Because, like, trying to move a billiard table... Don't try and take it with you. No, like, it's ridiculous. And my brother, actually, when he moved, and they left the table there. Because, yeah, Yeah. there's there's no easy way to move a billiard table. Pool table. I'm calling it a billiard table. You are, are, but they're slate. I mean, it's a a big... There's a big slab of stone that's underneath the felt. Um, Yeah, I guess I've never really thought of what was under it. Yeah, it's typically, I think it's slate uh, that's under there. They weigh a ton, obviously. They're supposed to be extremely stable. Like, you know, people aren't, you're not supposed to lean against it, but, like, they are built for that. Yeah. Um, They shouldn't, like, move whenever you touch them, so. But, yeah, he's got, I'm actually, he has a Patreon, and I I did, uh, I did support it. I don't think I, I did for quite a while, but. I did it so that one of his the tiers, one of the rewards was to be drawn into a video. Uh, oh, so cool. I am in one, not my voice or like I'm not involved in it at all. But like I appear as an extra in cartoon form. Uh, I've got my glasses, I've got my beard and I've got my beloved and lost forever green Power Ranger beanie. Oh, uh, dude, that hat. I miss it so much. Beanie. You know the you know the beanie, right? I do. I remember it well. So so people listening, I had a Green Ranger beanie that was the coolest hat in the world. It was like a winter hat. It was green. It had the Power Ranger white diamonds like in the top part, and like it had instead of a logo or anything in the front, it had the Green Ranger's uh, power coin. Coolest thing in the world. I lost it on a date. Uh, it was at the movie theater. Theater 3, I will forever remember it. It was at Tinseltown. It was Theater 3. Um, went to see... I never remember which one is the documentary and which one's the movie. I think it's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. The uh, Mr. Rogers movie with Tom yeah. Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like... At the time, I was like... Eh, well, I probably left it in the car. Or, like, I tried to look for it. I was like, eh, I probably left it in the car. Or I was like, eh, whatever. I lost the hat. Not realizing that the hat was like the coolest hat in the world that you can't buy anymore um three years later you're like oh no it was like immediately like i called the place we had gone to to eat nothing you know someone probably found it and they were probably wearing it this is Uh, this is how like half of my like you know you just lose things in this way like when when you go to college if you if you stay in the dorms it's like you're gonna lose clothes like if you leave your clothes in the in the drying machine in college it's like 
just forget about it. You you were a half hour late to pick up your clothes. Well, somebody went through and picked out all the t-shirts they liked. Yeah. I lost so many clothes that way. And now like I just associate Erie with like the place where I lost clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also the date didn't go well, but I'm more upset about the hat. Right. Um, the hat's what you remember. The hat's what I remember the most. So I don't even know where was I going. Oh, so I'm in this Brewstew video uh, with a beer like in my hand, which is funny because I don't think beer like beer is disgusting. Um, that is not my drink of choice at all. But what, it's um, pina coladas, isn't it? Uh, it's mostly or mojitos. Mojitos. Oh, okay. I do I was love to say my time next as as the the third option. Slushy okay. pina coladas are one of the most perfectly created drinks you'll ever consume it's true um but a mojito is like the most refreshing thing in the world for those who've never had one it is lime and mint go get rum if you're of age yeah um unless it's the morning (laughs) wait wait, what (laughs) i said unless it's the morning then you know don't don't do it too early no that's when you're apparently supposed to drink uh mimosas which are disgusting yeah, you know, people love mimosas just because it's like, ooh, we're having we're drinking in, in the morning. morning yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, what you're really doing is you're getting a lot of sugar so that you can have a headache in the afternoon. It's like, and you know what you're doing? You're mixing orange and grape. It's disgusting. So yeah. mimosas are gross. That's what you should take from this. But uh, no, look up the video at some point. Bruce Two Films, The Real the real Pooter. They found a cat and named it Pooter. And then lost the cat, but then found the cat, but then found another cat that looked exactly like it. So they don't know which one was the real one. Um, Gosh. And you will see me in cartoon form. I'm extremely proud of that achievement. Uh, I remember it happened. It came out like right as COVID was like becoming a thing. So it was like two years ago. Um, See, I don't I don't do any of the like the Patreon things. I tend to be one of those you know, heartless viewers where they, you know, they ask at the end, they're like, this is the only way we make money. And I'm always like, yeah, and I'm going to keep watching for free, <laughs> you know, but there is, there are some cool giveaways um, like that. You know, some of them do offer things. Well, well, it's like, it's like, yeah, you made, you made it, you made it worth it for me to want us to, to support you. Um, yeah. Also, you reminded me of a Simpsons bit where that's uh, like, they're watching PBS and Betty White would guest start on the episode. And she's like, if you watch even a single second of PBS without donating, you're a common thief. <laughs> that's just what you made me think of. Um, so yeah, that's our that's some YouTube. Any other prominent YouTubers? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the list. So I'll okay. start. I'll start. Uh, I'm not gonna read all 81. Read um, some off, and I'll tell you if I've heard of them. All right. So we were just talking about drinks. I watch every Friday Anders Ericsson. He's a he had a bar in Chicago. Uh, and then he decided to like, I think he's full time making just YouTube videos on how to mix cocktails. Well, that's cool. Um, I have not which heard is very, it, but it sounds cool. It's really like the quality of like audiovisual quality is really, really high. Yeah. And then the drinks are also good. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and then just like scrolling through here, there's so many uh, music things. And then I, I also like loosely kind of am in touch with the automotive industry. Like I'm, you know, I'm subscribed to various channels like that, reviewing cars and and trucks and and things. So that's interesting. But 
we talked about background content. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I guess becoming an avid disc golfer. I like to disc golf, you know, go, go and play, uh, regularly. It's just relaxing. Gets me outside. Yeah. Um, I find myself to be somewhat decent. Um, but I, I'm subscribed to a couple of channels there where, you know, it's, it's a good like 40 minute background thing to have on during lunch. Yeah. Like I'll just, I'll put it on the TV and, you know, eat my food and have that on. And it is, it is watching golf. I realized this, you know, I, my uncle used to sit on the couch, watch golf whenever we were at uh, my grandparents' house at big family gatherings mm-hmm. and things. And it was like, oh my gosh, how can you sit here and watch this as a kid? I'm like, I don't understand. It's golf. And now it's kind of all I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I keep, I keep that on the, in the background and some Star Wars nerd alert, uh, you know, some Star Wars um, channels as well that are like reviewing and doing deep dives on the latest content and even on old canon content and and even some legend stuff so well that's star, a good star wars theory is is good and uh stupendous wave so yeah okay that's yeah, a good go sorry i didn't mean to cut off your actually like naming the channels you know <laughs> yeah. the, the point of the segment but well uh, you know it, i mean th- those are really like the big themes of my youtube viewing but there's i think like anybody you know it just tends to be all of your hobbies end up colliding yeah that platform so that is a segue i hear a dog barking yeah and it's not one of mine the neighbors got a got a puppy uh over easter and it it sort of lives outside i guess i can say uh i'm not a fan of people's dogs who live outside i'll just say like i don't think that that's great ownership yeah i don't either um i thought it was a dog on my end questionably humane but the dog is inhumane um the dog is always barking at it's a young pup so sorry i thought you said the dog was inhumane and i was like well technically yeah technically the dog is inhumane although the humane side of me is like you should maybe treat it a little more humanely yeah you know that's a that's always uh, a good thing what a funny turn of phrase but so yeah so it's barking at cars and things outside so Star Wars, I'm like trying to power through this segue that I clearly lost like an hour ago. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that came out about a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. It was a six episode. They said limited series. There might be a second season. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about it. We're just going to say it. Spoiler alert from here on out. Anything we say, we're going to be spoiling the show. Uh, so don't come back at us and be like, you spoiled the show because we warned you. I loved it. Uh, I gave it four and a half out of five narwhals. Um, It's terrific. But the the gist of the story is, and they didn't tell you any of this going into the show, is that it's ten years after Revenge of the Sith, episode three, and Obi-Wan is living on Tatooine, but he gets called uh, by Jimmy Smits, Bail Organa. I love Jimmy Smits. He was one of the best things about the prequels. But he gets called. I love, dude, I loved him. And well, I think I might love him because he was on the West Wing um, Uh, as he is the one running for president, like near the end of the show uh, as it started to shift, you know, away from Martin Sheen. But Mm -hmm. he so Obi-Wan is asked to go find Princess Leia because she was kidnapped. And they didn't tell you any of that going in that that's what the show was going to be about. 
everyone kind of just assumed it was going to be like Obi-Wan watching over Luke on Tatooine. Right. Um, yeah. So that I mean, we knew we knew Vader was going to be involved. Right. And but I we think, didn't know what that looked like yet. And I think people were like, well, something's going to get Obi-Wan away from the planet because like you could see in the previews, like he's on like another planet. Um, but that was that uh, at, that was immediately like a, a really good turn. And I, I know I'm not the only person who said that, but like that was a, that was a good move right there because it's like, what can he really like the unless I made the joke that like I'm surprised Disney didn't try to digitally de-age Mark Hamill to play Luke Ugh. as like a ten year old yeah, as a as a ten year old because yeah. they love de-aging Mark Hamill instead of doing the obvious thing and casting Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker. But his clone, he's oh my gosh, it'd be perfect. But forty two years later, right or whatever we're at. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. But forty four. Um. No, I just thought it was a really good show. Like, the girl who played Princess Leia was... I usually hate precocious children. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was actually, like, a good actor. So, it worked out. Uh, she was... Like, she was funny. She was, you know, kind of B.A. Um, well, and she... I think what she did really nicely is she captured what Leia would have been like, you know... Yes. As a, as a kid. And that's that is a would have been a difficult thing for a 20 something year old actress but like to do that you know as a as a child actor is you know it's incredible like yeah. i really you do get that from the show absolutely from her performance absolutely um and they brought back Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader and i don't think people knew how that was going to go because it's like well Darth Vader's in a suit and it's James Earl Jones's voice so like what's the point of having Hayden Christensen and I still kind of think that like there wasn't much point to having Hayden Christensen in the show except to say that like you brought him back um because I think he appears as Anakin in like one flashback episode he's in a flashback he appears kind of just standing on a dune yeah i don't know a mirage that kenobi sees and then uh yeah and then he's also you know in the in the fight yeah he's like partially unmasked right yeah so you know it's not much but they do they do blend his voice with james earl jones's voice yeah that was pretty well i thought that was good where his like whatever his suit was like malfunctioning and so like you're getting the mix of their voices that was cool and i heard that for james earl jones he did record dialogue but they also used artificial intelligence to like like they did with mark hamill in uh i think the book of boba fett Mm -hmm. where like they kind of created a voice to make him sound younger because i mean james earl jones is 91 voice his voice has changed yeah so they they it seems like they did a much better job of it in this than they did in um i guess it was probably rogue one yeah uh, where he where he spoke and it was like it is his voice because i know it's james earl jones voice but it isn't darth vader's voice it was just a little wrong also where is padme is she safe? <laughs> is she no. Is she all right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Episode three was might be they... my favorite. Oh, the movie is good, but I mean that you're like, hey, Darth Vader. Oh, uh, you know, again, not the first person to say that, but mm-hmm. um, so no, the show was really good. You and McGregor justified to me him being Obi Wan because 
I was one of those people who didn't think he was overly great in the prequels. I mean, pretty much most of the acting in the prequels sucked, except, like, Liam Neeson. Um, and I didn't think, like, everyone was like, oh, Ewan McGregor was great. I was like, he was really over the top. Like, oh, hello there, when he fights General Grievous. But... Yeah, they, they, you know, as time goes on, the things that last from the series are different for different generations, which is why they end up doing the, the hello there at the end of of Kenobi. To... Well, I didn't even realize that he says that in episode four in the original, like when yes. he first meets them. I totally did not even compute with me. So I saw all three of them together. I was like, ah, um, but I think George Lucas was just not a very good director for the prequels. Um, Yeah, I mean, he he just. You know, everybody's said this a thousand times, but there were just no checks, right? Like, yeah, it's, there, it's there was George no Lucas. To, it's George Lucas. He created the series. Um, and because he's like God of that world, you know, who's going to say, you know, George, I'm not sure we should have a Jar Jar. Right. Like, say what you want about the sequels and you, you can, but uh, at least they were like well-made movies, mm-hmm. like with good acting and dialogue and like you know believable performances but yeah george lucas and that the uh obi-wan like the disney star wars stuff has been like there was better acting better dialogue and i thought overall it was just a really good show you know i i did not notice that zach braff played the mole guy yeah i was like i was watching at the end his name his name was freck and he was just this obnoxious he seemed he did seem familiar yeah and it was zach braff i was it was like in the credits it was like in in order of appearance zach braff i was like what the heck like i just finished rewatching scrubs uh so i should have been like really in tune with that but um there were a couple like a a couple bigger name actors that you're like oh hey uh kamal nanjiani Mm -hmm. o'shea jackson jr which i don't know if you know that that is ice cube's son he played uh, Roken. Roken? Oh, I didn't know that. The leader yeah. of like the the Path Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved. I don't remember what its name was. It might have been. No, it wasn't Hal. I think it was Ned. Ned B. The droid. The mm-hmm. loading droid. Yeah. Uh, I loved him, and I almost cried when he died. He died so like it. They've actually they've they've made. Like in uh, Solo, for instance, um, L three, yeah, yeah, droids now have like a little more personality and everything. I mean, R two and C three PO, like they brought yeah. that with the 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 whole like series. But even still, like they continue to present that as like you're gonna love some of these random droid. And I did. Who, so yeah. you know, they they played him off. He he was a loading droid, which his literal his only job was like to pick things up and move them. Couldn't even um, speak. Yeah, he didn't speak. Like Leia's like, oh, why doesn't he speak? And uh Tala, his like owner, was like, you know, sometimes actions speak louder than words. Um and so at the I think it was episode five, which was a great episode, uh, really mm-hmm. solid. Tala gets shot, and Ned B kind of just like hovers over her to like to protect her. And like so, then he's getting shot, and you know she uses a grenade to to sacrifice herself. And I I was like, I almost cried when Ned B died. 
Is is his name Ned B? Can we look that I, up? I don't know. I don't know. I ask our non-existent like producer. Can we look that up? Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's not, if you watch the show, you'll know who I'm talking about because it's the only droid that like dies via sacrificing himself to let a grenade go off. But, um, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I really liked Ned B. He's my boy. So I, a little, uh, a little research behind it. I guess it's come out now. McGregor said that originally it was going to be, um, I think a two part or a one part film, um, in between just like Rogue One was just a standalone. Yeah. I, I do remember they had talked about a movie. And that might be why the the quality of it was a little bit higher. Um, like, because for a show, you don't have to produce at the same level as a movie. I think generally that Disney has actually done a pretty good job raising the level. Um, but yeah, for, for Kenobi, I, I mean, content-wise, especially the last two episodes, it was definitely worth watching. Um, you know, and it, it shows a really nice, it fills in some of the gaps. Yeah. And, and um, it has some nice homages to the original movie. Moses movies. Moses Ingram, who played Reva, 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 mm-hmm. Reva, Reva, yeah. Reva, um, the Inquisitor, who you think is trying to hunt down Obi Wan, which she is. Uh, she was great. Her backstory was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they did a nice job with that. I knew, honestly, I knew that. It, uh, it was going to have been her from the temple scene in the very start of the whole show. See, like you, you see, she's I actually like the first it. person on screen. Yeah, I did not catch show. it. My sister's like, that's definitely her. Uh, yeah. So for those who didn't watch. Yeah, the show starts with like a recreation of when Anakin goes and kills all the younglings in the Jedi Temple in episode three. Order 66. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, And my sister's like, well, I mean, that that was definitely her in the scene. And I was like, oh, how did I not notice that? And then it comes out that, you know, throughout this whole show, she's hunting Obi-Wan. She's using Leia to get to Obi-Wan. Like, she's using trying to get to Obi-Wan so she can get promoted to Grand Inquisitor by Darth Vader. And then you find out in the fifth episode, it's like, she doesn't want to help Anakin. Like, she wants to kill him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Because she saw and that that's how she knew that it was anakin and not just some random guy who was darth vader like uh she knew that darth vader was anakin is what i'm trying to say right and she like she was trying to get close enough to kill him and it does not work obviously but it was a nice twist he shows his dominance oh he yeah he just destroys her in a battle he they made darth vader as awesome as like he's ever been i loved it yeah i loved it every every scene with vader is just he he i mean you know i don't want to i don't want to give it to hayden christensen (laughs) like i I don't know how much of it was him or just darth vader looking intimidating but um it's no i guess it's offense sorry hayden christensen you deserve better than than me bad mouthing you but um it's time to it's time to forgive it's time to forgive, I suppose I should. But, like, in the third episode, he's walking through just, like, a street, and he grabs some random guy with the force by the neck, 
And then he lets him go and he grabs the guy's kid and snaps his neck. And you're like, what? Like, never, never seen Vader this. Everyone was like, oh, Rogue One, you know, the lightsaber scene. I was like, oh, like, you know, and other people have come out and said this. But I do think I remember, like, the Rogue One lightsaber scene is cool, but it doesn't really like it's just showing off Darth Vader. Like, it doesn't have a point, really. Um, But well, he's so like people forget he's a Sith a Sith Lord. And like, if you follow all of the star Wars content, like, so there's so many like really, really loyal fans who are into like all of this side content books mm-hmm. and things. It's like Vader is brutal, right? Like we, we tend to remember the Anakin Skywalker who is turned back to the light at the end by his, his son. Or the right? fact that just in the original movies, like he's not that intimidating. Oh, I don't think I agree at all. Ooh. Okay. the march and he comes down the step uh, like when he's exiting the 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 spacecraft for the first time in um oh, you know it's it's is it just empire like, yeah but but like even in episode four the original your vader is a presence that he shook he shook like the cinematic and and the cultural world of like a generation see People my remember problem... him as as a, a great villain more than of that generation in our generation we're like oh, it's a, a great that villain, might but, be the know, problem like if we had been children when star wars was out or like i mean by the time like i've watched star wars like yeah everyone knows he's luke's father like that's not a spoiler anymore um but one thing that does bug me in episode four is like you can tell that he was not supposed to be like this great leader. He was like under Grand Moff Tarkin. I mean, am I missing something or like like he was not the bad guy. He was kind of like the bad guy's second in command. He was the they call him the dragon. Like he's the one who got all of the dirty work done. Yeah, I mean he's he's a an enforcer. Yes. Right? Like he sort of plays this this role as just like the you know, like the guy who crosses his arms at the bar and then he steps in and, and breaks up the fight or, you know, beats somebody up because, you know, the mob boss asks him to. Right. And even it, in it Empire, sort of comes across that way. And even in Empire Strikes Back in Return of the Jedi, there's the Emperor is looming and then finally actually shows up. But Darth Vader feels more like the actual villain in those movies than he does in uh, A New Hope, to me at mm-hmm. least. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's... I'm actually... I've been doing a watch-through, but I gave up, and I'm actually on Empire next. So I'll have to let you know if like, I feel intimidated by Vader. But maybe that's just part of it. Is like, again, by the time I saw it, like, you know everything about it. Or, like, you've never actually seen the movie fully through... But you've seen all the different parts so many times that, like, you don't remember how intimidating this guy is. But I think Obi-Wan did a really good job of showing how intimidating he can be. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, speaking of Empire, when you're going through that, you'll you'll pick up pretty quickly. Like, he just keeps choking out commander after commander, right? Yeah. It's It, like, really cements, like, this guy is just here. He's just going to people are meaningless to him in front of his purpose. But, and that's, that's actually, this maybe is a good, a good segue into my main point about Kenobi. Maybe my main gripe. Go for Um, it. So my main gripe is that he beats him, 
That Obi-Wan beats Vader, you mean? Obi-Wan beats Vader, but again, doesn't kill him. Like, he doesn't finish the job. Yep, I read that somewhere. People were... And the reason reason it gets me is that, like, now he has data. It's like, Vader is a Sith Lord. You've seen him in action. You've seen him kill innocent people. Yep. You know, like, hunting you and stuff. Like, he's going to go on to terrorize the galaxy. Yep. And you just, like, still can't bring yourself to bring justice. The Ringer had a great review about this. I don't know who wrote it, but... um, Yeah. Yeah, that's... And to to piggyback off of your point, yeah, it's like you even say, and the point of the article, they they talk about this, you even you say that then my friend is dead, like then Anakin is dead, like, you know, because Vader's like, I killed Anakin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you're saying that Anakin is dead and your friend is dead, but you're just going to leave him there alive. And we, you know, obviously it's because the movies have to happen. But right. from a story point, it doesn't make sense at all. No, I mean, he walks away, he he calls him Darth. And then in the, you know, in the original movies, he like, even as a force ghost, he's like, you know, that guy's dead. What I said from a certain point of truth. Uh, yeah. Of view is, certain certain, you know, it's view. like, it's like, you know, he, he, Obi-Wan did not really see or believe that there was remaining good in him. Like he knew he couldn't be saved. Right. Um, so there's not like that's not in the background of his mind. You know, it's not like he he thinks that there's conflict. No, he's know, he's that, done with him. Right. So he should have just decapitated him. Yeah. You know, and saved the galaxy of a lot of trouble. But but maybe the best argument for it is Obi-Wan clearly gets his strength. They demonstrate this. You know, he gets his strength from raising the kids, keeping them safe. Mm hmm. Uh, the twins and and it's uh maybe it's like i can't bring myself to kill the thing that i love most now is these kids maybe i can't bring myself to kill their father right Mm, maybe but i i just think i think that was a weakness but otherwise you know that duel and some other scenes it, it explains why vader has some hesitation you know they have like this slow duel in a new hope right yeah and it's like, when I last met you, I was but a learner. It's like, well, you know, he, he gets, he gets thrashed by a Kenobi twice. <laughs> so. Yeah. But it's, you know, like the first fight in Kenobi, he destroys uh, Kenobi. Vader does. I mean, that's kind of another one. It's like, he could have killed Obi-Wan right there mm-hmm. in the first fight. And then they fight again. And yeah, he, he, he almost, you know, beats him again but then obi-wan ends up you know taking him out uh and so yeah it leaves the that third fight kind of just like "Mm, okay like third match who's gonna win yep but well in the second one it it almost doesn't count it's like you know there there's various things that break it up and blah 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 yeah but you know he he uh he's arguably the stronger of the two of course yeah but it it is not, it's not about that. It's because, like, Vader's strength also comes from his own self-hatred. Yeah. And it, his own self-hatred comes from, I have this conflict about killing Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. I have to talk about, real quick, because we should be wrapping up here. Yep. Um, Liam Neeson did show up as Force Ghost Qui-Gon Jinn. So happy. 
even though he looked kind of weird with his hair. Um, it's almost like he hasn't been Qui-Gon for 20 years, but <laughs> um, it was really cool to see Liam Neeson in it. And people are like, oh, why did they're like mad that he lied about being in the show? I'm like, of course, he's going to lie. Like, it's yeah. it's a cameo that happens in like the last 20 seconds of the entire show. Like, it's he's supposed paid, he's paid to. I mean, it's a great reveal. Yeah. like Every, it's, I mean, you could see it coming. Yeah, but... of course. Yeah. I, I knew his voice at least was going to show up. I didn't know if they would actually bring in Liam Neeson, like physically. But it's like they're not they're not going to tell you everything. Like, do you want them to tell you that Liam Neeson's going to be in the show? And then then you'd be mad because he only showed up for 20 seconds. Like he's not. I read this. He's not even credited in the episode. Right. Um, But no, I thought it was really good. People are talking about a season two. I don't want a season two. No, I want it. I what, want some what, of the characters to show up elsewhere. Like, yeah. Reva was yeah. a good character. Haja, yeah. who was a uh, Kamal Nanjiani. I liked him. People think mm-hmm. that Roken is going to show up on the Andor show, the Cassian Andor show. I could easily see that happening. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't want... Uh, I think Screen Rant had an article. I get all of my info and apparently don't have original thoughts of my own. Uh, but I get a lot from Screen Rant. And it's like, we don't need a season two. We need some of these characters now to branch off. Like, I, I think we can be done with Obi-Wan. Like I as think a we character. Can. I mean, Andor could even like you could if you really wanted to bring Ewan McGregor back in and have like a, a Kenobi part two, you could include him in that. Like I it, don't really feel the need for Andor as a show, but you, by the you way. You just don't need it. Yeah. I I'm I mean, I'll watch it. Of, of course. To me, Star Wars is almost mandatory viewing. It's but. like it's like, hey, here's this character that we introduced in a prequel movie with a predetermined ending because everyone has to die who's not in the original Star Wars. Cassian Andor being that character in Rogue One. Hey, Kate, we're going to give him a show that's a prequel to that prequel that has a predetermined ending. And you know that he can't die in this show because he has to die in this movie that he has to die in because it's leading into the original movie. And you're like, okay, this is too many prequels. Is there going to be a character in Andor that's going to get a prequel? Like, are we just going to have prequelception? I don't know. Well, at some point, you just can't keep, like, making actors perform younger and younger roles for themselves as also well. like hayden let, christensen 20 years you know yeah, he looked all right they definitely de-aged him 15 years of de-aging is yeah. like uh, um know. let taika waititi make an original he wants to make he's making a star wars movie and he wants it to be all original characters let him do that yeah stop making everything in star wars have to revolve around the original movies like that's you know that's my last word on the subject so uh wow we went for over an hour yeah not bad well we haven't we we thought we had a short list of content yeah so uh next episode we're gonna definitely try to be back before two months from now um i think we should start to be getting more on a schedule not a schedule schedule per se but um like i think I think you would agree that we we can make more time for this, I think. We could, yeah. Um, and, and we have, you know, as you can see, we have lots of subjects to cover, so. Yeah, they just, they pop up out of nowhere, like, half the time. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to try next episode to have our friend Robert Turek. He is one of the preeminent members of our Football Picks group on Facebook. Um, you've never actually met him. I met him 
at his his we're friends with his brother brett we went to school with him yeah we know robert through the group but uh he was the well, first to... I, I met him on a on a uh what was it a draft stream one of the draft calls mm-hmm. uh, yeah. i met him in the wedding uh cool dude knows a ton about football like Mm -hmm. you know when we have him on we're gonna have to be like super brushed up on this or else we're gonna sound like idiots um i started already (laughs) you did and i was like uh i'm not ready for this yet started started asking you questions you didn't know about fantasy and stuff like i got a notification and i was just gone yeah the research i'm like i'm gonna figure out if uh you know which quarterback is going to be you know like figure out the quarterback rankings and then try and pick receivers based on that <laughs> blah 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 cooper cup <laughs> cooper cup always he's going to be i think he'll be a top 10 in he, most leagues you know what but, i am a little irritated because i'm seeing a lot of lists and we're we need to nip this before it turns we into do. another we're 10 about minutes. To, we're about to go down it but um it bugs me. I'm seeing these lists where they're like, oh, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. One list, it was like Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and then Cooper Cup. I'm like, did Cooper Cup not just leave, lead the league in receiving yards, touchdowns, and catches, and win Super Bowl MVP? Did that not happen? Are we not like, the are we crown. pretending like that didn't happen? Yeah. I'm a Rams fan, for those who don't remember from our first episode. So <laughs> I take these things very personally. Anyway. I am Brian. And I'm Slippy. And this has been Snorkeling with Narwhals. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Go Jeff Goldblum. Woohoo!